Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we start reading from verse number 5. The Bible says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Many of us are familiar with this verse of the scripture. Many of us know at one point in time, we understand from this particular verse of scripture, we've heard it being preached, we've heard it as a message on different occasions. And towards the end of that particular verse 7, the Bible makes us to understand there. The Bible says, in all you're getting, get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. And the question is why? Why is the Bible telling us to get understanding upon all the things that we are getting? And one of the things you will find is that the Bible never explains certain things. The Bible tells you, gives you certain instruction, but in some cases never gives you the reason for that instruction. And you will find that about the consistent testimony of scripture concerning understanding is that if you begin to read, the Bible tells us the reason that the Bible is telling us to get understanding is because understanding produces confidence in your life. When you understand something, you are confident when you are about to declare what you are about to say. When you know your stuff, when you have a good understanding on a particular subject, what you find is that it gives you confidence. Now the Bible said, now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Not all, because we know, we understand how Christ works. We have confidence that when we come into his presence, we are able to do what? We are able to get our answer. So, the Bible is telling you to get understanding because understanding produces confidence. Number two, you will find that the Bible is telling us that we should get understanding because understanding, when you get understanding, it produces faith in your heart. Understanding produces faith in your heart because it tells you you have the ability. It gives you the confidence and you have that trust in yourself that you can do something. That you can produce a particular kind of result. So understanding not only produces confidence, it produces faith in our heart. In First John chapter 5, if you read from verse 15, he says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we ask of him. So it produces faith in your heart when you have confidence. That yes, you are going to be able to deliver. That yes, you'll be able to get the results that you are looking for. Number three, because understanding produces confidence. And confidence produces faith. You will find out that understanding eventually leads to obedience. When you understand how certain things are done, it naturally prompts you to take action. When you understand how a process works, it has a way of leading you to take a particular action. But when you don't know how certain things work, 
What do you do? You stay away from it. You shy away from it. Or you are afraid of taking an action because you don't want to mess up. We go to a new place. We see a new process. We see something new. We are so afraid because we have never done it before. So we shy away. Or we don't do it. But when you have confidence in the way certain things are done, you know how these things are done. It creates confidence in you. It gives you faith that you can do it. And it prompts you into action. So when the Lord says, in all you're getting, get understanding. He's saying that when you understand how faith works, it puts you into action. In other words, understanding produces faith, which provokes action, which produces obedience in your life. And then finally, number four, the Bible is telling us that we should get understanding because understanding generates the results that you want. Understanding generates results that you want. Let me go through the process again. Understanding produces confidence. The confidence that you have gives you the faith that you can do something. The faith that you have that you are able to do something prompts you into action to do something. The more you do the thing, the more results you get. But you find out that the whole thing starts with understanding. The whole thing starts with understanding. The understanding that produces confidence is the one that produces faith, is the one that causes you to take action, and that action is the one that produces the result that you are looking for. And that simply means that when you do what you're supposed to do, God begins to respond in answered prayer. So understanding produces faith, which provokes obedience, which results in answered prayer. That's why the Bible says, in all you're getting, gets understanding. Understanding of how the word of God operates. Understanding of how things work in the kingdom of God. Understanding of how faith produces results. When you understand it, it allows you to take action and that action produces the results you see. So the whole thing starts with your understanding of what Bible is saying. And the question there is, that why is it important for you to understand? Why is it important for us to be able to get this understanding in our life? Why is getting understanding important in the life of a believer even this day? Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was with his disciples for how many years? Three years, right? But if you look at the book of John chapter 16, if you read from verse number 14, the Bible says, it says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot understand them now. These are the people that are walking with the Lord every day for three years. And then Jesus is still saying that you cannot understand what I'm saying. But the Bible tells us that after Jesus Christ died and he rose again, the Bible now tells us in Luke chapter 24, if you read from verse number 45, then the Bible says, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. After he died and he rose again, the Bible says that he opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. Why is he doing that? Because he tells us that it is important for us that if you do not understand what Jesus is saying, if you do not understand what the Bible is teaching, if you do not understand the instruction of scripture, you will not be able to get the best value out of it. It's just like you buy a gadget and you don't fully understand how that gadget works. What happens? You are just going to keep that gadget somewhere or you may not get the best result from it. And the Lord is saying, he opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. And the reason he does that is that until you understand what the word of God is saying to you, you may not fully get the benefit that is buried inside the word of God. Until your understanding is open, you will not fully appreciate and receive the benefit of the word of God. Bible says Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. That they might see the treasures that are in the word of God. That they might take advantage of what the scripture is saying unto them. And as long as we do not understand the Bible, 
the blessings that God has put in his word will be elusive. I'm going to be looking at wisdom for daily exploits. And we're going to be looking at the instructions. We're going to be looking at the wisdom that is inside the word of God that we can apply to our daily life to be able to get the results that we're looking for. We're going to be looking at the wisdom that is in the word of God. Some instructions that God has given. And when you look at those instructions, when you understand those instructions, you begin to benefit from those particular instructions in our life. That's what we're going to be doing. That's why we're going to be looking at the wisdom of daily intercession. The wisdom of daily intercession. If you look at the book of Job, many of us have heard the story of Job before. The Bible says that Job was a recipient of the actions that were going on in the spirit that he had no clue about. The Lord allowed the devil to be able to afflict Job. We all know the story. How Job went about trying to deal with his situation. Bible says initially he prayed, he repented, he sat on dunghill, he justified himself, even argued with his friends who were trying to accuse him that he was a sinner. But nothing changed in the life of Job. Nothing changed. The Bible makes us understand that something happened in the life of Job in Job chapter 42. If you start reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us there, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And the question is, why did the Lord turn the captivity of Job after he prayed for his friends? The man was sitting down there. His friends were accusing him. He was defending himself. The Bible now said that when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his captivity around and gave him twice as much as what he had before. Why did the Lord turn the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends? I want you to look at, as usual, the Bible will not tell you the reason. But if you look in the scripture, in Proverbs chapter 11, reading from verse number 25, the Bible tells us, The general soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. If you go to Acts chapter 20, reading from verse number 35, the Bible tells us, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if you put these two verses together, what do you get? What we see from scripture is that Job's captivity was turned around because he was concerned. At that point in time, he was able to turn his concern from himself to his friends and pray for the needs of his friends. The Bible says that when Job prayed for his friend, the Lord turned his captivity around. The story of Job changed after he prayed for his friend because he now began to have concern for his friends rather for himself. He turned the attention to other person instead of himself. Job's captivity was turned around because he presented the needs of other people before the Almighty God instead of his own need only. He was willing to present the need of other people. He was willing to say, okay, I turned the searchlight away from myself and I'm turning it on the needs of other people. And finally, Job's captivity was turned around because he took the spotlight of prayer away from himself and pointed it on the needs of his friends and said, my friends need this thing, they need it more than myself. He put the needs of others ahead of him. That was why the Bible says that the Lord Almighty turned his captivity around. And my brothers and sisters, one of the many secrets that is embedded in the scriptures one of the many secrets of divine turnaround, one of the many secrets of a change of story, is the engagement in daily intercession for other people. When you take the time to pray for somebody else, what you pray for others, God will make happen in your life. And that is what you see in the life of Job. Bible makes us to understand that the secret of divine change of story is to engage in daily intercession. Now that you've seen the power of intercessory prayer, 
The question is, what is this thing that we call wisdom of daily intercession? What is this thing and why is it powerful? What is the wisdom of daily intercessory prayer and why is it powerful? The wisdom of daily intercessory prayer is the wisdom of engaging the power of prayer on behalf of order for our own personal breakthrough. It looks upside down. Those are some of the things that are wisdom of the scriptures that most people do not understand. The wisdom of praying for other people to provoke personal breakthrough. The wisdom of praying for other people to unlock your own divine portion. That's what it is. The wisdom of daily intercessory prayer is the wisdom of engaging the power and the might of the almighty God in prayer on behalf of other people so that your own heaven can be opened. Because as you present it to the Lord, the Lord notices what you're doing and opens the door. It is the wisdom of praying for others to trigger your own open heaven. That's what the wisdom of daily intercession, that's what it's all about. And now to the people who are not saved or who do not understand how the scriptures operate, you begin to ask yourself, how can I leave my own problem and begin to focus on another man's problem and then God will bless me? How does it work? It does not make sense. And you are right, it does not make sense. And that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse number 25, the Bible says, The foolishness of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than that of man. In other words, what does not make sense to you, it makes perfect sense in the eyes of the Almighty God. To the unsaved man, it does not make sense, but to us, it makes sense. Now, if it does not make sense, why is the scripture continually telling us to do something that does not make sense? If you follow the scripture very well, I mean, what does it make sense for somebody to lead over a million people to the Red Sea? And the Lord says, okay, how do we cross this thing? The Lord says, raise up your rod. And then you ask God, what have you been smoking this morning? How can you tell me to raise up the rod in front of a Red Sea? It doesn't make sense. You get to a fortified city. You say, Lord, how do we defeat this city? God says, just keep marching. March the first day. Don't say anything. March the second day. Don't say anything. Do that for seven days. And on the seventh day, do it seven times. And then shout hallelujah. You'll be fine. Are you sure? You say, yeah, that's the strategy. So you find that the way God does things is just completely counterintuitive. Now, if it is counterintuitive that if you pray for other people, that's when your own answers come. The question is, if it doesn't make sense, why is the Lord telling you to do it? Why is the Lord telling us to do it? The reason the Lord is telling us to do it is because daily intercessory prayer is powerful because it is what the Lord commands. The Bible says, therefore, you exalt first of all that supplications, prayer, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all men. It's an instruction of scripture. That's why it is powerful. Number two, it is powerful because it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. The Bible says, the generous soul shall be made rich, and he that watered shall be watered. If I'm watering you in prayer, do you think God is going to leave me alone? No. So it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God because you are going to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, you are the one that said, if I water somebody, you are going to water me. See, I am watering these people. What about my own case? It challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. That is why it is powerful. Number three, it is powerful because it provokes divine response. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give. Shall men put into your bosom. For whatever measure that you use, the same will be measured back unto you. Now when you start pouring out to the other people, you can go back to God and say, well, you said I should give, that it shall be given unto me. I have prayed, now you pray for me. So it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. It provokes the response of the Almighty God. 
So when we are generally concerned for the needs of other people, and we take that need to the Almighty God in prayer, God responds by visiting you, by meeting you at the very point of your need. That is as simple as that. God looks at you and says, okay, if you are busy doing what I've asked you to do, I will take care of your problem. If you are busy praying for these other people, I will pray for you. That's why he said that before you speak, I will answer. He said, while you are here speaking, I will already do it. In other words, when you are busy doing what I'm asking you to do, you will see the results that I have promised for those who are doing it. Now, please understand. The power of daily intercession, the wisdom of daily intercession is not limited to individuals. You can apply it to communities. You can apply it to societies. You can apply it to families. You can apply it to a congregation. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 122, if you read from verse number 6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace will be within you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. So you will see, intercession is not limited to individual. Intercession can be made for families, can be made for communities, can be made for nations. And you will notice that your peace and your prosperity is tied to your ability to pray for other people. The more you lift up other people, the more you are lifted up. It is not possible for you to be helping other people and you remain helpless. It is not possible. If you are doing something to lift up the life of some other people, your life also will be lifted up. Have you ever seen a running tap? A tap that is running and the pipe that connects that tap is dry. Have you ever seen it? It's not possible. When the tap is running, as long as you are allowing water to come out of you and that pipe is flowing with water, the pipe will always remain wet because they will always have water. As long as you are praying and you are lifting other people up in the presence of the Almighty God, the blessings of the Almighty God will not be far from your life. So our peace and our prosperity is tied to our ability to lift up other people before the Almighty God. The question then is how do you do it? How do you pray for other people? How do you intercede for other people? My brothers and sisters, you pray for other people by engaging the word of the Almighty God. There is a promise of God for every man. There is a promise of God for every situation, for every circumstance. All you have to do is to find that particular promise and apply it to the life of those individuals. And apply it to the life of that community. And apply it to the life of that particular nation. And before you know what's happening, the Lord Almighty begins to respond. So you pray for other people by engaging the word of God. Number two, you pray for other people by engaging the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we do not know what to pray or how to pray. But the Spirit prays through us. But when the name of a brother or the name of a sister comes into your mind, how you begin to pray for that person is by depending on the Spirit of God to give you the need of that person, and then you begin to lift it up before the Almighty God. So you pray, number one, by engaging the Word of God. Number two, by relying on the Spirit of God. Number three, by submitting to the Father. In our Bible class, we talked about the idea of using the model prayer. And the model prayer said, let your will be done. It is the will of the Almighty God that will be done in every situation. And when you are praying for other people, we need to submit to the will of the Father. And then finally, you rest on the faithfulness of the Almighty God. When you are praying for other people, you believe God that God has said He is going to do it and He will do it. You don't begin to pray to God and begin to look at time and say, Lord, 
I've been talking to you now for the past 30 minutes. I need an answer right now for this person. So that they can know that I'm praying for them. It doesn't work that way. You have to be able to rest on his faithfulness. That he will hear and he will answer. And then you must be able to offer the prayer. And offer it with selfless love. You know the people that Jesus had the biggest problem with. When he was on earth. Were the Pharisees. And the reason was very simple. Those guys were showboats. They love to let everybody know what they are doing. If they give tithe, they will send somebody up front. Yes, I am giving tithe. If they are praying, they will stand in the public square and make the display of prayer. But when you are interceding for individuals, it is not a public show. When you are interceding for somebody, it's out of selfless love. You are doing it not because you want to be rewarded. You are doing it not because you want to be noticed. You are doing it not because you want to get the accolade. You are doing it because you love that individual and you want to see the glory of God accomplished in their lives. So, we'll pray. When we are interceding for others, we do it by offering prayers in selfless love. That is how you intercede. And we do it in private, not to be able to have a public display. And then when do you pray for other people? When do you do it? When they ask you? Or when they beg you? How do you pray for other people? We pray for other people always. That is the wisdom of the daily intercession. You pray for people always. It might not be possible for you to go down all your lists, but you begin to pray. And when somebody says, I don't know how to pray more than five minutes, I say, it's because you are not praying for other people. If you are focused on yourself, you will be done in five minutes. But when you put the names of everybody that you know on a piece of paper, Let's just even put the names of only your family members who are not Christian. Just put their names on paper. And you begin to mention them one by one, one by one, one by one. And say, Lord, save them. If that's all you're saying. Lord, you know this person, save him. Lord, you know this person, save him. And that's why you begin to see people praying for hour, two hours, three hours. You wonder, what are they talking? They're praying for the needs of other people. They're praying for the needs of the church. They're praying for the need of their community. They're praying for the need of the nation. When you intercede, you intercede always. Number two, you intercede often. You intercede often. In other words, it's not something that you do today and you wait till next year before you do it. Or you do it today or because pastor preached about it this week, you do it tomorrow and then forget about it until we talk about intercession again. No, it is something that is done often. It is something that is done always. Number three, it is something that is done, like I said earlier on, in private. Intercession is not that you see the person... No, brother, I've been praying for you. God is on the throne. The point is not to tell everybody that you are praying for them. The point is that you pray for that person in private. Jesus said, what the left hand is doing, don't let the right hand know. In other words, it has to be something that is done in private. He said that when you do that, your father who sees in private will reward you openly. So when you intercede, you do it always. You do it often and you do it in private. And then you also do it in time of need. When somebody specifically comes to you and say, my brother, I need you to agree with me. My sister, I need your support in this particular prayer. I am weak. I am tired. I'm discouraged. I need somebody to be able to lift me up. Then you can hold hands and pray for that person. We also do it corporately. When we all come together and we are aware of the need of somebody, we lift up that individual before the Almighty God and say, Lord, visit this individual and do what only you can do in their life. So that is how you intercede for, that is when you intercede for people, when they call for you, when you remember them, when you are praying your normal prayer time, when you see a need that needs to be filled, that's when you do it. And the question is, who can intercede? Who is the individual that can intercede? Look at James chapter 5, reading from verse number 16. Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, 
the man or the woman who will be able to intercede for others, intercede for their society, intercede for their community or for their nation, is a man that has a love for his own neighbor. Confess your faults one to another. If I don't like you, I cannot confess my faults to you. There has to be a relationship. There has to be a love within that family. So when you have that generous love, that burden in your heart for other people, that's when you pray. Those are the people who can pray. I will not pray for you if I'm not even thinking about you. If I cannot even remember you, how would I pray for you? But when you are constantly on my mind, when there is a love for that particular individual or the community or the nation or the situation, if there is something, there's a burden upon my heart for an individual, it impresses upon me to go ahead and pray. And the same thing. If the person is absent in your mind that you cannot even remember them, you don't even think about them, forget about it. You are not going to pray for that person. Number two, who can pray? The man who or the woman who will pray is the person that has a relationship with the Almighty God. The God that you are not talking to, how are you going to report somebody to him? The person that you have no relationship with, how can you ask a favor on behalf of somebody in the presence of the Almighty God that you do not even have a relationship with? The God that you are not even talking to. And you want to now ask him to do something for somebody else? No. So, the man or the woman who will intercede, number one, must have a genuine love for the people that he's praying for. Number two, peace with the Almighty God. Number three, a right standing with the Almighty God. Bible says that the prayer of a sinner is an abomination in the sight of the Almighty God. The prayer of a righteous man, James says, avails much. Not of a sinful man. Not of a rebellious person. Not of somebody who is out of touch with the will of God. It has to be the prayer of a righteous man. You have to be in right standing with God to be able to lift up your voice on behalf of other people. Bible tells us, in Genesis chapter 18, when Abraham was interceding for Lord, interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham continued to pray for that city because, number one, he was a man who loved the people up there. He was a man who, who had a relationship with God. He was a man with right standing with the Almighty God. You cannot intercede for others when you have no relationship with God. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. So anyone can pray as long as those conditions are there. The desire to pray or the command to intercede for order is not limited to only the leadership of the church. It is for everyone who has a fellowship with God and who is in right standing with the Almighty God. I want us to go back to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. And there we want to look at verse number 10 very, very closely. The Bible tells us in verse number 10. It says, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, the reason I'm bringing this one back is because for you to understand that there is a benefit to praying for other people. There is a blessing and a benefit associated with remembering and praying for other people. And what is the benefit? The first one you will see is that anyone who is engaged in the wisdom of daily intercessory prayer for others, such a person opens the door to the restoration of lost blessings. When you are looking for restoration, you have enjoyed the mercies of God before. But for some reason, things are now beginning to close up. For some reason, things are not going the way you expect it to go. If you expect restoration, the first way you can get access to that restoration is to begin to intercede for other people. Begin to intercede for the church. Begin to intercede for the nation where you live and things will turn around. The Bible said the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. So for those who are looking for restoration and blessing, the first thing you want to do is to begin to learn to pray for other people. Number two, blessing of intercessory prayer is the blessing of double portion. 
Look at that same verse of the scripture. The Bible says that the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So when you are looking for the double portion, when you are looking for a double visitation of the Almighty God, when you are looking for the touch of the Almighty God that will turn your situation around, there is a need for you to begin to shift the prayer focus from your life to the life of other people. And let me just stop for a second and just think about it. You have been praying about yourself all along. What difference has it made? Why don't you just shift the focus for a second and say, okay, Lord, I've been spending all this year praying for myself. Let me even try for one day. Let me try for one week. Let me try for one month and see what happens. When you want to have access to double portion, intercessory prayer is a way to go. Number three, if you want to begin to see the blessings of intercessory prayer, it's also the blessing that comes from comfort from adversaries. In other words, you receive comfort from unusual places. You receive blessings from unusual places. Look at verse number 11 of Job chapter 42. The Bible says that then came unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and everyone an earring of gold. Comfort from unusual places. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.